somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, today, uh, Biden is going to tout, promote his Biden economics. Bidenomics. Yet, at the same time, Spotify, Alphabet, which is Google, IBM, Microsoft, Amazon, Coinbase, 3M, Salesforce, Vimeo, Gold Sachs, Bed Bath & Beyond, BlackRock. You know you're in trouble when BlackRock's laying off. Announcing layoffs. Newell, Vox, that's that news company from the left side of the sphere. Um, the woke companies are really losing. And... A couple of things come to mind when I see that. Microsoft, Amazon, BlackRock, and uh, and also Twitter laid off. Facebook's laying off. Meta, you know, they're calling it. Um, when you see those layoffs, though, you've got to be also wondering about what the next shoe to drop is from these globalist madmen that seem to be wreaking havoc all over our world. I mean, you look at what's happening in Brazil. You look at what came out of Davos and the World Economic Forum. You look at all of these common sense people that are speaking up. Because the people that are supporting the politicians that have the that support the World Economic Forum agenda don't have a clue. When I bring this up and talk to my liberal friends about Klaus Schwab, they'll say, who's Klaus Schwab? World Economic Forum, they're like, what's that? They don't even know because the mainstream media is in on the jig. The jig is up though, right? But they're in on the gig. They're in on the thing. And what is that thing? That thing is 
a strat- strategic attack on the world's middle class. It's not just America's middle class that's under attack. We've seen the same atrocities that we've seen at J6 and the infiltration from our law enforcement agencies and the two standards of justice and the the endless amounts of cover-up. When was the last time somebody went to jail for anything in this town if they weren't a Trump supporter, if they were anti-Trump, if they opposed Trump? You tell me when the last time somebody spent some time in jail. And didn't get murdered. Because Tucker had a really great uh, open last night uh, on uh, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, refocusing on Bill Barr and all his misdeeds. I mean, I still scratch my head as to why Trump hired a lot of the people he hired. Because, you know, he used to be the apprentice guy, you know, hiring and firing. And that was great. You're like... Well, he's going to hire some really top-notch people. He he knows a lot of people. He knows a lot of patriots. He knows a lot of good people. And why he didn't hire Washington outsiders is beyond me because Washington outsiders could beat Washington insiders any day of the week. I've seen the Washington insiders. They're soy boys and girls. They're just all woke and they have no spine, and they, they, they have double standards, and they speak out of both sides of their mouth. What's good one day is not so good the next. You know, it's that old club where as long as you're paying your dues, you're, you're welcome to the private club. It's sort of like being at some sort of like a, a fancy resort, and you get your bill. And the bill is like thousands of dollars at the end of the two-week stay or whatever it was that you were there for. And you're like, I can't pay that. Something happened. I, I, I Can you, next thing you know, all the hospitality leaves their face. <laughs> you know, all of it leaves their face. And no longer are you their best friend, but you are their worst enemy. Which tells you right there that the person's less than human, that they're fake. And that's what goes on in Washington. You know, where one day you're going to say what Lindsey Graham said about Joe Biden when we played that tape yesterday. And, you know, Joe Biden is as good of a man as God ever created. That's what that's what Lindsey Graham says. And then he says, Trump, here's what you're getting with Trump. Trump's the worst of the worst. Now Lindsey Graham's all happy touting Biden again. He got the M1 tanks over in Ukraine. He got, you know, a whole battalion. 31 tanks are going over there. We're knee deep in a war with a nuclear power, nuclear superpower. How do you think that's going to work out? It's so stupid. The only people profiting from this are people involved with the military-industrial complex. Like I say, oil for money, oil for weapons, weapons for people, people for drugs. The four commodities on the open market, the four commodities <clears throat> within the world's global black markets, and I'm talking about these black markets where sanctioned by government 
but not official, never passed through Congress. That's where the private organizations grant seed money for profit. Mitt Romney and Bain Capital, for example, would use a, uh, an operation, uh, an operative guy, to head up coups and to head up gun running out of Afghanistan in the early millennial. Copra Black was not only Mitt Romney's advisor, political advisor, and foreign policy advisor. Just ask Rick Grinnell. Rick Grinnell left that camp. He was disgusted by it. But Kofor Black, being former CIA and uh, working with mercenary groups, basically knew exactly what to do in terms of where to get the guns and where to get the ammo and who to contact and what kind of arrangements were being made. And it was Special Ops 101 in Afghanistan. And Mitt Romney financed the whole thing. And Mitt Romney got a piece of the action on the return. And that was Afghanistan. That was in 2007. That was before Ukraine. But then Ukraine became the next thing. And guess who sat on the board of Burisma? Yeah, you're, you want to say Hunter Biden, right? Yeah, that's true. He did. Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. And Victor Shokin was the prosecutor that wanted to go after the black market oil deals and would have embroiled Burisma and a whole bunch of shenanigans. But Kofor Black, Mitt Romney's advisor, was also on the board of Burisma. And that's a problem because Mitt Romney is trying to, you know, tried to impeach the president of President Trump. And Mitt Romney hated Trump because Trump was over the target. And that's why they hate Trump so much. It's not about ideology. Trump is doing everything Liz Cheney wanted to do. Everything. What do you want? Do you want a wall? I'll build you a wall. Do you want a stronger military? I'll build you that. Do you want better trade? It's better puts America first for a change? I'll get out of TPP and I'll get out of that stupid Paris Accord, Paris Agreement. And as soon as he got out of the Paris Agreement, Elon Musk and Eisner from Disney left the business panel and said, America last. So I don't know how far I could trust Elon Musk, frankly. But I love what he's doing today. I don't know how far I could trust Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I love her today. You know, I mean, there's a lot of politicians I could say that about. Uh, even J.D. Vance is doing some things. He wants to audit the uh, monies going to Ukraine. I, I support that. So I support, you know, if they're doing right by me. Kevin McCarthy. Can we all say that? Can we all applaud what he's doing right now? And then, you know, uh, some other good news is <laughs> it'll be entertaining is that the San Francisco judge, uh, San Francisco judge ruled that 
The body cam footage needs to be released. So the DA's office lost about with the judge fighting tooth and nail to keep everything sealed and not transparent. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with those electric hammers. <laughs> I wonder what that is. I don't know. We'll learn some new techniques. Karma Sutra Part 2. I don't know what's going on out there, but it's not It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be entertaining, though. And uh, is it Kama? It's Kama Sutra, not Karma Sutra. <laughs> See, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's crazy because the DOJ also is a fighting tooth and nail to... Uh, for on behalf of the CDC so that they can continue to mask people. Because, of course, you know, it used to be that there was a pandemic once every century. Now there's going to be a pandemic every freaking year because what? Because it helps with elections, right? I mean, it's all about mail-in balloting, isn't it? We need a permanent mail-in ballot. Man, we're, our country is lost if we can't fix that problem. If we cannot get rid of Dominion, and there was a county, uh, Paul Preston told me this, see, there was a county, Shasta County or something like that out in California, where they finally did away with Dominion machines. That should be a domino effect across the country. You know, there really needs to be that. You know, I mean, we got to get rid of these computers and these machines. I don't care. I mean, everything was better before this all this IT stuff. And I shouldn't say everything, right? I should not say everything because there's been a lot of things. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a movement. And I was tell, talking to a friend over the, you know, last week. But I was talking to him and I said, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that has to happen is... Uh, well, I think, no, 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 I didn't say has to happen. I said, one of the things that's going to happen, you're going to see it, wait and see. You're going to see nonprofit organizations and movements that are going to be basically disconnecting from the grid. And I don't mean to give up your phone permanently, but, you know, you know what a, fair, do, do people out there know what a Faraday bag is? Like a Faraday do people know what that is? People, Faraday bag is like when you put your phone in a Faraday bag. It, it basically blocks everything from that. You can't get a call. You, it's like a, it's being in, it's like being in a skiff. Which was interesting because Peter Ducey asked Kirby, the liar that always lies for the president. Um. General Kerr's, whatever his name is, Admiral Kirby. Um, in any case, he's like, how do you get, is it, how easy is it to get, take things out of a skiff? And he was like, it's supposed to be very, very difficult. I was like, well, then how did Biden get all this stuff out of a skiff? And why does Hunter have it? And why is Hunter selling it <laughs> to our adversaries? But okay, we'll let it go. We're not going to raid anybody or anything. Nobody's going to get arrested. I mean, I don't know anybody that's gotten arrested that opposed Trump. It's like your get-out-of-jail-free card. I hate orange man bad card. That's it. Boom. 
Irons Man bad. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to give you the kid glove treatment. I'm Antifa. I'm not a Trump supporter. Oh, okay. We're not going to throw you in jail. You could blow everything up if you want. You could set our police uh, station on fire if you'd like. Um, but we're going to let you go, sir. <laughs> oh, and you're you're a person of color and you killed the person. Okay. Cash bail for you. Yeah. Oh, you shoved the person off the platform into a train in New York City. No biggie because you represent the person of color. You know, reparations and all. You want to steal $900 from the pharmacy and just walk out with it? Because you're of a certain color, we're going to go ahead and just say, ah, it's okay for you. Reparations. Because truly, the Soros DAs, that's what they're all about. Because you can't pass reparations, because it doesn't fly, because the Supreme Court would never allow it, they would never pass this stuff in the light of day. They have to do what they did with Obamacare. They tortured the bill, like Jonathan Gruber said. We're going to torture the bill and make it so complicated that no one could understand it. We're going to literally depend on the stupidity of the American voter. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, depend on the stupidity of the liberal voter because ain't no conservatives voting for that. And so there it was. And here we are, $32 trillion in debt. Like we didn't see that coming. Like that wasn't going to break the bank. But we're going to collapse the economy anyway. You know that. And we're going to go to a digital currency. And that's what the 87,000 IRS employees was all about. We were going to hire them to roll out digital currency. But they allowed that argument to go. And people fell for it. That that was all about uh, attacking the middle class. Yes, they would do that too. Just like they always have. You know, are you tea party? No, we're not going to give you a uh, 501c3. That was Lois Lerner. We have all this proof. How much How many? How much jail time did Lois Lerner do? Zero. Yeah. That's right. Two standards of justice. This is a banana republic we're in right now. This is absolutely a banana republic right here. I can't believe America has come to... And it's not that like America allowed it to happen. But this is the way you do it. And this started this started with the Bushes and the Obamas. Clintons didn't even really do this. Although Clintons were pushing a very radical agenda. And we know how radical they are. But this, you know, they're as corrupt as hell. And, you know, if we only just started making examples of people that commit these crimes... You know, somebody needs to go to jail for something and nobody's going to, there are no consequences for anything so long as you're on the right side of the political sphere, spectrum. And shame on the left for, you know, seeing it and turning a blind eye to it, acting like they're too too stupid to, to realize the inherent bias is somehow one day going to bite them on the butt. And I love that when... Uh, you know, Antifa, I saw this video footage of Antifa at spitting on cops, 
calling cops all kinds of names and then, you know, went a little bit too far. And then next thing you know, the cops take them down and they start crying like little soy boys for their mommies. And like they could dish it out, but they can't take it. And that's what the left has been doing for forever. Remember when Kathy Griffith had the head of Donald Trump? You know, cut off head, slimed with blood. Like that was at the time when ISIS was beheading people. You know, the mercenary group that Obama and Biden were financing to protect the oil wells. And Lindsey Graham was all too happy to collect the money. And John McCain as well. Yeah, we got some big problems in our country. But it will be kind of interesting to see the Paul Pelosi body cam footage. San Francisco judge, see how many lies come out of this. San Francisco judge orders police body cam footage of Paul Pelosi attack to be released. The motion was granted after news organizations filed a court motion seeking access to evidence against David DePepe. The man accused in the attack, Paul Pelosi, was attacked with a hammer at the his San Francisco home in October. De Pepe pleaded not guilty to state charges including attempted murder, burglary, and elder abuse and remains in jail. Well, see, because he's going against the Pelosi's, he would remain in jail. But if he was going against you, he would be out on the street right now on cash bail. A San Francisco judge did that. So the motion was granted on Wednesday, according to the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, with Judge Stephen Murphy siding with a coalition of news organizations who sought access to evidence against Pepe. The media argued back in December that the footage should be presented in court and accessible to the public since they had been submitted in open court and admitted into evidence. Of course. But the Pepe's attorneys objected to the motion saying these, the release could inhibit his client's ability to get a fair trial. Ah, I didn't know that. Evidence introduced... In the preliminary hearing against the Pepe included audio from a 911 call made by Paul Pelosi and portions of body camera video taken by the two police officers. There are also portions of video of a police detective interviewing the Pepe and footage captured by Capitol Police. I don't know. This might hurt the Pepe worse than it hurts Paul Pelosi. Who knows? I could care less. You know, I mean, I really don't care about stuff like this, except to say that I, I all I want is transparency in, our, transparency in our government. The reason why is because it's our money that they're spending. You take Hunter Biden, for example. Email records show Joe Biden got his 31-year-old niece, who was on probation, a job offer for $85,000 a year. It doesn't sound like much. Trust me, she was complaining. From one of his biggest campaign donors. She so so Joe Biden's got his thirty one year old niece who is on probation, a job offer for eighty five thousand dollars a year. From one of his biggest campaign donors. She told her uncle, Jim Biden, 
it was minimum wage and she she couldn't possibly take a job for less than $180,000 a year. Holy smokes. Some privileged people here. So it says, I cannot survive in this $85,000 I take home, $4,000 a month I get taxed at high percentage. I made $150 for Ryan. This is an email from Caroline Biden to Jim Biden. So it's with a company called Massimo. So she needs more money. I cannot take a full-time and relocate for $85,000. That's below minimum wage in California after taxes. I'm 31. I made more money every other year. All right, blah, blah, blah. What do you have to offer is the question. You know, with all these layoffs, you know, they were showing this footage of a Google employee talking about the hand massages and going and getting their tofu and um, going to a sleep room and all this stuff at Google. And then at the end of the day, she gets an email that says she's gone. She's been cut. So it's kind of an interesting little thing. So a reporter, uh, I believe it was uh, Peter Ducey, uh, said, how hard is it to walk out of a skiff with classified material? And Kirby, everybody who goes into a skiff knows what the requirements are to go in and knows what the requirements are to go out. You certainly can't leave with material. He didn't say how hard it was. They didn't. So, he sort of didn't answer the question, did he? Oh, yeah, let's see. So, here we go. John, how hard is it to walk out of a skiff with classified material? Everybody who goes into a skiff uh, knows what the requirements are to go in um, and knows uh, what the requirements are to go out. Um you know, there's, you can't bring personal devices in, and uh, you certainly can't uh, leave uh, with uh, material unless that material is appropriately secured. John, how hard is it? To- well, there's a lot of questions that remain to be answered there. But, you know, you go into a skiff, you have to actually willingly break the law. If you break that kind of a law, then there should be consequences for that, Right. Otherwise, it's just going to continue to happen. If all you're going to get is censured or, or bad press, they don't care about bad press. What they're doing is they're taking over the country. You know, Biden today is going to be making an announcement that trickle-down economics doesn't work and that the uh, he's going to attack the rich and whatever. Um, and... And the problem with that is these are the job creators in our country. So we have to do better. All right, so we're going to move on. The World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. Oh, well, we have we, we actually have one more clip that I'm going to play associated with that before we move on from Biden economics. And... Um, this is, this is what Joe Biden had to say here. Let's take a listen. Of that out there. And we're going to discuss how, uh, how we can continue to build on the progress, ultimately lowering the cost uh, for uh, middle class and working class families. 
You know, uh, we uh, and we've talked a lot about this around the table, the folks here, that uh, I decided this time out, I think you all were in the same boat. I want the wealthy to continue to be able to do well, but look, I'm tired of trickle-down economics. I wanted to build this economy from the bottom up and the middle out. When that happens, poor folks have a shot, middle class does well, and the wealthy never get hurt. They're doing just fine. And so we also want to talk about uh, uh, the extreme Republican economic plans. That's going to hurt the economy because they're the ones that are spending the money that are creating the jobs that are allowing for the middle class to work. If you tax the money and you bring it into the government, right, then what's happening is that uh, cash demand, uh, that that cash in the uh, that cash in the market, is now in the hands of the government, and the government's then going to give it out in a, in a form of redistribution, and. That's not the American way. That is totalitarianism. That's buying votes. So I'm going to take money from liberal rich people, and they're going to agree because they know we're going to give that to liberal poor people, and they're going to then, uh, we're going to strengthen our voter block. That's probably the way they're selling it within their own caucus, that somehow it's going to come back as a win for them. Never mind the fact that we have a constitution that says we're supposed to be free from the government. The government should be limited in scope. But that's uh, an interesting way to look at it if you think about it. And um, it's kind of scary. All right, a couple of more things here. POTUS says he will not negotiate on raising the debt ceiling. I have news for him, says Rand Paul. He will negotiate because conservatives will not vote to raise the debt ceiling without significant reforms. Let's take a listen. President Biden says he won't negotiate over raising the debt ceiling. I have news for him. He absolutely will negotiate. Conservatives will not vote to raise the debt ceiling. The majority in the House, Republican majority in the House, will not vote to raise the debt ceiling without significant budget reform. The greatest threat to our country is, and the greatest threat to our national security is the debt. One of the great things about where we are now, though, is it really doesn't take as much as you would think to actually balance the budget. In Europe, over half of the countries balance their annual budget. We think of Europe, of Germany and Sweden, of having these large governments, and they do, but they're actually fiscally responsible in the sense that they spend what comes in. We could do it in our country. If we were to have a $100 billion cut which would still have us spending way more than we spent before COVID, a $100 billion cut in free spending, we would balance our budget in just four years. This is amazing. We have an opportunity here. It could be done, but it would take compromise between both parties. Republicans would have to give up the sacred cow that says we will never touch a dollar in military, and the Democrats would have to give up the sacred cow that they will never touch a dollar in welfare. Everything would have to be looked across the board. No one has a sacred area that would be immune. And when you make the cuts across the board, they aren't as big as you'd actually think they would be. It's a responsible thing to do. But President Biden needs to know, absolutely, he will negotiate. 
and it's better to start now. You know what's sad, though? When he talked about the sacred cow of Rand Paul here, talks about the sacred cow of military versus sacred cow of welfare. What's interesting about this from a political perspective is the money that's spent on welfare uh, locks down a voter base for the left because they're all about freebies, you know, handouts and uh, giving money out to a, a, uh, a dependent class that will vote in lockstep with the people giving the money out, which is are the Democrats. So they win a voter block with your conservative tax dollars because it's, it's from the whole pot. So then you look over to military and you say, well, then certainly we would get all the military people. But because of what Obama did... He was probably smart when he did this for the left in an evil way. But what he did was he replaced everybody in the top, like the seventh floor of the Pentagon or whatever it was, the top brass. There isn't seven floors there, but um, the top uh, brass of the Pentagon. That's the FBI with the seventh floor. Um, But he replaced everybody at the top of the Pentagon top brass and what did he do he, he he replaced it with all these woke generals like general milley and uh and general austin i mean these are woke people that just basically like duh, 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 yes yes sir you know like, like they have no brains they're just told what to do you know to sit, for milley to sit there and say i'm white and i i want to understand what you know what it is white privilege is all about I mean, he's just a joke. He's an absolute joke. Trans in the military? Come on, give me a break. It's absolutely ridiculous. We're going to give you free sex changes in the military? Come one, come all? That's our recruitment. And of course, recruitment's way down. Nobody wants to be uh, working uh, side by side, shoulder to shoulder, with a bunch of soy boys. And a bunch of woke individuals. It's, it's, it's an indoctrination of our military. The last bastion of real, you know, testosterone and alpha maleism. And just, you know, basically uh, free of politics. But Obama managed to do that. And I would imagine that they incorporated some sort of MK Ultra in that. And again, I will be put doing a, a, some sort of a CIA, a JFK kind of thing uh, soon. I don't want to build it up because it's just a show. But um, I, I actually got some new material yesterday. I was doing some research on a woman that was being interviewed in 1981. And she was talking back then about all the different programs and how they you know, can change your manipulate your mind and you know mk ultra is one program but there there were many programs and they were using humans military people even to uh as test dummies and now we're finding out that pfizer granted licensed by nih and fauci and our government was basically you know 
working with humans as gu- human guinea pigs rather than monkeys and things like that. They worked with monkeys too, but they were working with humans. And they didn't do half the tests that they said that they did. And they hid it all with blank sheets of disclosures saying you'd have to, you know, have a meeting with us or something. So, you know, like when you open up the perspectives on the sheets of uh, all the side effects and all the different things, I saw this testimony of um, some official who basically said, here's what it looks like. It's blank. And why would it be blank? Why are they not being transparent? All right, so McCarthy, I mentioned earlier in the show, McCarthy is doing the right thing um, when he comes to Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and uh, and Ilhan Omar. And, you know, and there's a lot of corruption in government. It was all led by Nancy Pelosi. So first we're going to play this clip from Lauren Bobart since it's not quite in line with what we're going to be talking about, about Adam Schiff's whining and complaining. But here's Lauren Bobart calling Nancy Pelosi out because she just sold her stock in Google right before Google is about to announce a bunch of layoffs and and the DOJ is suing Google and things like that. Let's take a listen. A few weeks ago, Nancy Pelosi sold off millions in Google stock. And then yesterday, the DOJ sues Google. Coincidence? I don't think so. The Pelosi's are totally corrupt, but not a single major outlet has written about this transaction. America fired Pelosi as speaker, but she's still using her congressional seat to get rich. Shame on her. Kudos to Lauren Bobart for calling out Nancy Pelosi. Oh, and then I want you to listen to, uh, before we move on to Adam Schiff, Eric Swalswell, and, uh, um, and Ella Han Omar, uh, the World Health World Health Organization's pandemic treaty will involve forced vaccination, quarantine, lockdowns, digital health certificates. Countries that don't obey will be punished. Let's take a listen. The World Health Organization is attempting a global power grab by seeking to have its 194 member states adopt <clears throat> amendments to the international health regulations as well as adopt a completely new international agreement commonly referred to as the proposed pandemic treaty. This will apply to Australia. The proposed amendments would make the WHO's proclamations legally binding for our country rather than just advisory recommendations. They've used words such as punishment and forced vaccinations for people and countries that don't comply in future. These changes would institute global digital health certificates, also known as vaccine passes, enable the WHO to enforce medical procedures, injections, force people to submit to regular testing, dramatically increase the billions of dollars available to the WHO and enable nations to implement the regulations without the respect for the dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms of people. In fact, they've actually crossed those words out in their proposed amendments, indicating that they will not consider those things in future pandemic responses. Wow, they crossed them out. And the reason why, you know, I've I've gotten some mail about, uh, you know, I play a lot of uh, foreign press stuff 
that happens to be Australia. I do a lot of stuff, you know, where I'm citing studies in Israel or, or England. It's because we have a, uh, in the United States, we don't have a free press anymore. Or it's free, but it's, it's part of the, you know, the deep state. Uh, you cannot find truth in our mainstream media, not even with Fox News half the time. Ha- they're, they're far superior than CNN and MSNBC. I'll give them that. But Paul Ryan and, and Karl Rove really ought to be fired from their boards and their positions. Um, they're yesterday's news, and they're everything that's wrong with the Republican Party. And you know who's feeling it the worst right now is Ronna McDaniel. Now, there is a story, if we have enough time to get to it, we are going to get to, um, and I'm just going to make the announcement here, um, Pfizer Director of Research and Development, COVID Experiments with Monkeys, um, Directed Evolution. Dr. Malone, uh, so Project Veritas interviewed this guy in secret. And the guy was like, um, basically saying that they're going to uh, take the, the um, mutations of COVID vaccines and they're going to experiment with them and they're going to experiment with them on people. And uh, let's see how long, yeah, let's see how much time we have. I think we do have time. We're going to run this. Dr. Malone, uh, so he says, he has no moral compass at all if this is the quality of people at Pfizer making huge decisions that risk people. Let's take a listen. Well, that's not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone the story. You got to publish your time. You got to publish your time. We're storing, like, no, you know the virus is mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're storing is, like, why don't we just mutate ourselves so we can focus on undefeatable vaccines, right? You may not be able to hear that. So what he says is, you know how the viruses mutate? He says, what? well, we thought, why don't we just mutate the vaccines themselves? Uh, why don't we just mutate them ourselves? That way we can have better control. And he says, don't tell anybody I'm telling you this. So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. We're like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it's those everywhere. So like- Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain function research of the viruses. Like, yeah. They probably not. But you do like these like selected threshold mutations to try and see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm about that. I don't know how that's going to work. We're not being more outbreaks because they choose this The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. It's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it? Pretty good for the industry, if you, to be honest. Uh, why is that bad for everybody else? Bad for everybody else. Because if the regulators who are about drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they won't work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. Tell me to read that to you. Absolutely no so you moral compass it. at all. For all government officials. So it says it is a uh, Walker, uh, this, this guy named Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer Director of Research and Development. Strategic operations at mRNA scientific planning. It is a revolving door for all government officials. It's pretty good for the industry to be the 
uh, to be honest. It's bad for everybody else in America. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad? So why is it bad? For everybody else. Because it's the regulators who approve our drugs. It says here, because it, if the regulators who review our drugs, you know that once they stop being a regulator. You know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to work for the company. They're not going to be as hard for the company. They want to work, go work for the company. They are not going to be as harsh on the company where they are getting their jobs. The way it work is like we put them in the virus in those monkeys. So it says, so the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. That we collect serial samples from them, and then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Or we can do like directed like stimulation, which like we should not prefer. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation, then you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys? This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. We've all the experiments without this. This is like something fine, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. Is that what it is? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They're probably not. But you do like these like selective directional mutations to try to see if you make more protein. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks because like Jesus Christ. So, so, I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID is probably a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Yeah. I honestly like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators start to approve our drugs, you know that once they stop being a regulator, they won't have no moral compass at all about what he's doing. All right, so that looped. I don't know why that looped, but all right, you get the idea. This is pretty, pretty bad stuff. All right. So Kevin McCarthy's looking pretty good right now. He, savage, savage with the reporters. Um, there's 200 other Dems that can serve. Now, by the way, what he did, he took these people all, uh, Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and uh, Ilhan Omar off a, a select committee, a select committee. And uh, let's take a listen. Intel committee. Is, is Santos on the Intel committee? Am I allowing shift? Am I allowing shift to be on other committees? Go right ahead. We can't hear the question. Unfortunately. Well, let me be very. He's got elected by his district. So, okay. Let, let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. When I answer it, it's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not. Okay. In all respect. Thank you. No, no. Let's answer her question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, 
other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no. Talking about Eric Ciaramella. So these are the lies, and um, he gets into uh, Fang Fang as well. And uh, so I'm going to take a, take a listen. Clearly, the origins of the whole smear on Hunter Biden. Let's take a listen to some of these clips uh, from from uh, Schiff. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. Uh, that's been clear for well over a year now that they've been pushing this uh, false narrative about the vice president and his son. Uh, and, you know, the idea that the president... Um, that the White House counsel and others were made aware that Giuliani was being used by Russian intelligence uh, and using Russian intelligence in the sense of meeting with an agent of the Kremlin and pushing out this Kremlin false narrative. The idea that they were knowing uh, and still on the floor of the Senate during the impeachment trial uh, pushing this Kremlin narrative is pretty breathtaking. But I guess at this point, we can't be shocked by anything this administration does, no matter how craven. Uh, but clearly, the origins of this whole uh, smear uh, are from the Kremlin. And the president is only too happy to have Kremlin help in, in trying to amplify it. Well, we know. Well, that was a flat out lie. And uh, let's take a listen to um, this was a good piece by um, Ted Cruz. Let's take a listen. So I think it was the right step to remove Adam Schiff and then Swalwell. You know, today's Democrat Party for some time has been in bed with communist China, but Swalwell took that <laughs> to a whole different level. He was literally in bed with Fang Fang, jeopardizing America's national security. And and, and, and that kind of cavalier attitude, well, that, that, that has very real consequences. So I'm glad to see that that leadership in the House, that the new Republican majority is standing up standing up and fighting. I think the leadership fight that we had in the House was very beneficial for helping ensure the majority actually stands up and fight. And I can tell you, today, I made a request of our leadership on the Senate side that we have a classified briefing specifically about what classified materials Joe Biden had. All the classified materials that have been in the news, we need to know what, what those materials were. Listen, I've read a lot of classified documents. Every, every document I've read, I've read in a SCIF, a secure facility in the basement of the Capitol. But if that information concerns Burisma, if it concerns Hunter Biden, if it concerns communist China paying Hunter Biden and the Biden family millions of dollars, then it shifts into a very serious issue of corruption and real potential criminal liability. It sure does. You know, I'll be honest, though, uh, about this. Um, there are some people that know a little bit differently. You know, the thing is, with regard to classified information, I, I have I've actually had a top secret uh, Department of Defense, Department of Energy um, clearance as, uh, you know, working for a company 
uh, where we were taking pictures of documents and, and printing them. So I ran a cam- camera and I would see these documents. They'd say top secret on them. And it would be, you know, something to, to, to the effect of like a screw in a widget. And there would be certain many threads, uh, dimensions of the screw. And that was like deemed top secret. So some of this top secret stuff is really just, you know, uh, kind of whatever, silly, you know. But I guarantee you, Joe, you know, the Bidens had strategic top secret classified to cover up their crimes because they did commit the crimes. And I think that Trump actually had classified documents as dirt to create uh, act as insurance against the attacks he knew were going to be coming at him from all of that. So let's take a listen to um, Trey Gowdy. He was what he has to say. Yeah, Sean, that is the best analogy. It it is not Ilhan Omar. It is what Nancy Pelosi did to Jimmy Jordan and Jim Banks. That was a select committee. The Intelligence Committee, which I served on, is a select committee. Uh, You you either get selected or you don't get selected. So, uh, look, Swalwell was a bit player. Uh, He's honestly not worth talking about. He was a bit player on that committee. I want to talk about Schiff. For a decade... Adam Schiff has kept you from information that you should have had, like the dossier, the fact that it was used in a FISA filing. Uh, Who paid for the dossier? He went to court, Sean, to keep you from finding out things that were true. And then on the other hand, remember the whistleblower that he met with but said he did not, the allegations of of, of collusion. The reason the media is upset is because now the New York Times and the Washington Post and Politico are not on the Intelligence Committee. Because Adam Schiff was the most serial leaker that I served with. Jason may have another opinion, but he was a serial leaker, which means those news entities now are not getting the information that they never should have gotten in the first place. You hear that? That's why people are upset, because it's like their supply chain. Their sor- and I, I said this about Ilhan Omar. I said, America is safer without Ilhan Omar. I said, uh, selling classified data to her terrorist friends. She's angry because she lost a revenue stream. The squad's entire play was their pay-to-play voting power block of extortion. That's what she was. And um, that's what's going on in Washington, D.C. today. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out our partners over at buglecall.org. And magapac.org, that's our 501c3. We've been registered with the IRS as a 501c3. And if you want, uh, we're advancing America First policies to make America great again each and every day on this show. And we're supported by this relationship. And this is our nonprofit arm of what we're doing. Use Red State over at mypillow.com, and we'll see you next time. On the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.